This is the Women Emerging Expedition Podcast, so you can follow the ups and downs and the roundabouts of the expedition and play your part in them. 24 women started on the 28th of May 2022 on this virtual expedition that will take nine months. We are women from across the world determined to find an approach to leadership that resonates with women. We'll be successful so that women the world over will be able to say, if that's leadership, I'm in. Welcome, 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 Julie Middleton, Expedition Leader. Uh, we are January 2023, uh, nearly halfway through it already. Last week's episode, I interviewed six young women, all younger than the youngest member of the expedition, who is 24. And I talked to them all about leadership. The aim was to get an insight into how when we produce an approach to leadership that resonates with women, how we make sure that it resonates with all women of all ages, including young women who are 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, young leaders. How do we make sure it resonates with them? In fact, let's put the bar higher. Let's make sure they don't actually reject our approach to leadership. Over the last week, I've been thinking a lot about what they said, about their ideas, maybe also heavily about the words they use to express their ideas. Um, and, and I've learned two things, I think, first, is that uh, some things don't change. They don't change across the generations. Leadership is leadership. But certainly some things have changed, are changing, and are changing constantly. And I think they are important enough to warrant a real attention. Over the last week, I think I've sort of tidied my head by by sort of saying that there are three um, types, it's not the right word, but I'm going to use it, types of women that we absolutely have to resonate with at that young age. Firstly is, is activists. The second is thoughtful, spiritual leaders. And the last one is, is a group of leaders young leaders who use the word real, R-E-A-L, a lot. And I'll explain that in a minute. So I think let's start this episode with three more leaders. Esther is without doubt an activist. And if we watch her star, I have no doubt a very serious politician. Dimple is immensely thoughtful about leadership and the link between leadership and spirituality I think is really interesting for her and then Inez who uses the words real and trust and authentic and vulnerable in a way that captures some of the the expressions that the six women from last week used so let's start this episode with Esther, Dimple, and then Inez, and then with me making an attempt at summarising, I think, the seven big themes that have come across to me that, that, that must be integral to 
the approach to leadership that resonates with women that we will gather to create after a year-long exploring and we will gather next month in February 2023, the 24 women on the expedition, to produce this approach to leadership that resonates with women and, let us hope, with women of all ages. So start first with um, Esther, who uses the expression a radical leader. She, she doesn't want us to be soft leaders. She wants us to be radical leaders. Uh, I'll leave her to explain to you what she means by a radical leader. There are sometimes you will come with a good heart, you will come with a good mind, but then because the system is so corrupt, if you cannot change it, it will change you. So you will have to, first of all, not allow the system to change you, but you yourself change yourself. See how best you can change your approach. Because there are sometimes when you go in, you know, with a softer approach, then they'll just say, okay, sit and wait for us. So you'll be there waiting whilst they'll go make the decision and then do what they need to do, and then come meet you. Okay, we've already reached this conclusion. Now this is it, and then it's final. And then you, your hands are tied because you are so soft, not even to be part of it, not even to partake of it, and then you would have nothing to do. But right there, when they do the bad, as a radical leader, not as the bad they have corrupted themselves to be, you make the change, you say no to it. And then right there, you have, you have to fight them. Because if you say you're going soft, then your, your voice will not matter. Your voice will not be hard. So you will have to be rough. You will have to be very tough in handling these, um, these kind of people um, that you will meet in the parliament or in whatsoever organization you will find yourself. So if you want to see, that it starts with you. You're not going to just fight just like that. You'd have, you know, you have to be two sides of the same coin. There's sometimes you'd have to fight hot. There's some sides you need to fight cold. There's some sides, you, you know, but then don't be lukewarm all the time. Just don't be lukewarm. You have to be hot and cold for different occasions and then different battles. Do you sometimes feel angry at women who want, who look for the lukewarm? Sometimes, like you said, sometimes, but then there's some times where in, I'll say I'll forgive them because mostly they act out of ignorance. That is why, you know, we come up with, um, see how best we can come up with trainings and then can inform them because you cannot perform your role when you don't know. So if you don't know you have the right to education, you don't know you have the right you know, to free will, you have the right to do whatever thing you want to do. You have the right to also participate in parliament. Then you will not take part. You will not participate because you don't know. So for these um, girls and then these people, I'll say, okay. But for those who have the platform and then yet still not taking the lead, yet still not making the change, those are the ones that I'm angry at because that is very, very sad. People are there trying to see how best they can empower youth, they can empower young girls, they can empower women. And then you have the power and then you don't want to make a change. That is so sudden, you know, it's not so sudden to my heart. But for those who are, you know, not, they do not know at all, then 
I, I, if I be angry at them, then that falls is on me because I know that they don't know and then I'm still angry. When you use the expression radical leader, what do you mean? When I use the word radical leader, it's sometimes when in, you're in a situation where in, you cannot fight by just folding your hands, you need to send a punch. A punch does not necessarily mean physically, but see how best we can come up with strict, you know, decisions that will see how that will make a change that will be a force of change so you not being soft i'll, I'll say that sometimes we're in uh, you being soft is as well you've been co collaborating with them but then when they know that this is not right they'll know oh no our leader will not agree with this our leader will not settle for this so right that before you come to take that strong punch your team members would have already said, oh no, this is not going to happen. If you were here, this decision would not be made. If you were here, we're not going to change this constitution because of a particular interest. So you being radical sometimes, it's that, it's that force of change that will make a positive impact, not only on your team members, but as well your subjects. I, I, I get the impression you are a generation who are not going to wait for your turn. <sighs> I, I would say we don't want to wait, but then every, every day matters, every time matters. And then the energy I might have now, I cannot, I might not have it in years to come, in the next 10, 20 years to come. The, the level I am in now, I might not have the opportunity to come back after 40 years, come into a classroom, or into university to just create an impact. If I am in a small guardian of 10 and I am eight years old, if I have something to say, I think I have the right to say it. If I have an idea that I want to come up with, I think I have the right to come up with it. So the time of wait, I, I, I don't want to say we are rushing, but if we have it now, let's do it now. It is not for our now, it is for our tomorrow. When we're there tomorrow, we'll say, okay, I'm very happy. I did not wait today to start. I'm happy that I started yesterday. So I believe in years to come, I'll say, well, I'm happy I started yesterday. Because if you look at um, most of our women, in, our women in parliament, most of them have the opportunity to serve in these positions now when they are maybe 30 and above or 40 and above. So that is why you see they are faced with certain challenges and they don't know how to handle them. It's not because they don't know how, it's because this is the first time they are facing these challenges. But now, if you have um, a girl of, or a lady of 25, and then have served as president, vice president, secties, or it, because we even have student courts. So we even have parliamentarians and then, you know, um, get, um, speakers of parliament. You will know that there are some certain things, they will know how to handle them when they're older. When something is coming, you will know, okay, this they want to hit from this point. So before them hitting, you've already striked. So you've already countered. 
whatever thing they want to do or say before even reaching you. So I think experiences, it is better you have some certain experiences when you're young. If you have the power to do it, if you have the will, then do it. No need to wait. If you don't, you wait for your time. That is, we're not against that. When, you when it's time for you to wait, just wait. But if you have the power, you have the might, you have the zeal, you have that organization that is lacking of a president, you know, of a female president or a president that wants to make a change, whether uh, male or female, you have the opportunity to do it now, don't wait. If you wait, it is more you're killing, not only yourself, but people who, who should have been redeemed when you were 21 years old, when you were 20 years old. So I'm not saying we are rushing. If you want to wait, wait. If you don't want to wait, then that is as well, that is fine. But, but if you have the opportunity, do it, don't wait. Thank you, Essa. Uh, really, really clear. If our approach to leadership that resonates with women is too reasonable and patient and gentle, we won't have you with us, and that would be a tragedy. On now to Dimple, who you'll pick it up immediately, has a very, very different tone. She has a matching sense of urgency to Esther, but a completely different tone and is very thoughtful about the spiritual elements of leadership. Uh, if you see one more trend in our generation is that more and more young people are interested in spirituality, are interested in uh, understanding their shadows, their uh, where's their light, you know. And as much as there's darkness, there's light, there's hope. So this parallel movement of more and more young people being interested in their spiritual exploration, heightened consciousness, along with some monsters aiming to dull our consciousness, promoting mind mindless consumption and we giving into it. This, this balance is what we are navigating through. And I suppose you could say that, that the approach to leadership that comes out of the expedition if it's going to resonate with young women, it has to reconcile leadership and spirituality. Yes. And there are reservations that I have seen in leaders and in myself in integrating their spiritual beliefs in leadership or even religious beliefs. There's a difference, though. And I, I would like for us to see where the resistance is, where the fear is, and aim at reconciliation between spirituality and leadership. Because lead, spirituality is an essential element of our being. But I would say our being is, comes from spirituality, and so is leadership. So in our, in our headspace, they might be se segregated or separated. But in action, they are not. It's just that we choose to conveniently ignore it. So why not integrate it, no? When it exists, when the integration exists, why not acknowledge it? Why not better understand it? Thank you, Dimple. You are a generation who are not frightened about putting spirituality at the centre of leadership. 
that that is a very strong and clear message. On to Inez. All of the young women that I've spoken to over the last two weeks have used the word vulnerable and real. And I think Inez summed up this theme very, very beautifully. Well, I think that, that they demanded to me, like my little team and I, is to be vulnerable, to have like this one-on-one walk talk, walk, talk, and to be real. I think what separates to me with my former boss is that they didn't allow themselves to be vulnerable with me as I am now uh, demanded by my team to be vulnerable. Uh, for example, today we started um, the day with these uh, weekly meetings and we started with, um, with a well of emotions that is divided on, I would say, 100 emotions that I divided on sadness, uh, happiness, and all this stuff. And we started saying what are our main feelings without saying why necessary. If someone needs to share, they will share. And then we end the, the, the meeting with the challenge of the weeks and the metrics and all more, these more rational ones. And I think this balance uh, between vulnerable, being vulnerable, being emotional, being rational, it's something that they are demanded to me. Your generation, in a funny way, has developed a radar for things that are not real. Yes, definitely. We don't want to, like, be lying between each other. Like, there is something about that, like, being more spontaneous, real, transparent. But also, I would say that one thing that made me off, it's when leaders avoid attentions. Like, there is a conflict that everyone can see in it, but they decide to go to the stage and not talk about that tension. Are you like subestimating sub, sub us? Like we have to be talking about that tension and you had to tell me why, how you are like addressing that tension. And then the opposites. I realized that, that those leaders that are, I think this is more personal. I don't know if I think it's of a generation, but I think that if a leader it's connected with one side of the polarization, like thousands of polarization of this word, and they talk about only this polarization, and they are not doing the exercise to connect the opposites. I don't like that. I don't, I mean, I don't want to talk with someone that it's just in one extreme. Uh, and I got more connect with those one that can bring the tensions of these two opposites and to try to integrate both of them. I feel more connect with that kind of leadership. Thank you, Inez. Um, thank you enormously, Esther, Dimple and Inez. You have helped me pull together a lot of the thinking. I, to my mind, the things that I've gone away with, I've, 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 I've sort of grouped them into seven words. Innovation, trust, privilege, mental health, permission, empathy and pace. Let me try and go through them in no intelligence order. I think that there has been a very strong message around innovation, about 
um, innovation. Well, knowledge in the past having been power, you know, if you have knowledge, you have power, so keep it yourself. And now knowledge being something that's shared and that if you know something, you want to share it with others so that whatever you know will be enhanced by sharing and the contribution of others. Their instinct, the instinct of sharing rather than protecting innovation seems to me to be deeply baked into this generation. And I think that expression, the need to unlock the tyranny of job descriptions and say, you know, a really decent proportion of the time of young people, young people who are of the generation who understand AI, or at least are not frightened by AI, who understand some of the the changes that are coming, they we must unlock their ability to to innovate and not tie them too tightly to job descriptions. I've said it before, I'll say it again, the amount of times I hear that expression, um, how do we harness the, the, the talent of young people? And, and I get so grumpy about it when I hear it used because you, you sort of turn to people and you say, just think about what a harness looks like, what it's for. A harness is usually a big, thick piece of leather that you strap around an animal's neck to force it to go somewhere it doesn't want to go or to prevent it from going somewhere. It's it's crazy. The last thing on earth we should be doing is harnessing the talent of young people. We should be unlocking it and certainly unlocking it from the tyranny of job descriptions, which was a beautiful expression. I think the second word for me was the word trust. Where will this generation put their trust not in single sources, but in collaborative platforms. There is a belief amongst many of them that, that tech has, has eroded trust and actually tech can become the lifeblood of bringing trust back in again. They can't see how it's going to happen, but they believe that they can. I think that the word trust is big and strong This is a generation that does not trust single sources, doesn't trust governments, doesn't trust the media. It trusts collaborative platforms above all. Then there's the word privilege that that weaves in and out of a lot of the interviews. It's, It's clearly a word that a lot of young people with privilege, and I suppose by definition anybody who's involved in the expedition so far, I hope not in the future, but so far, have a level of privilege because they speak English. (laughs) Speaking English is, is, as we discovered on on the episode just before Christmas, you know, there are huge downsides of the English language. And I think that almost everybody we've spoken to has struggled with the word privilege, the fact that they have privilege and are trying to get their head around it, the intersectional nature of privilege. They wish not to stop at the point of realizing they have privilege and letting that sort of almost paralyze them with their guilt, but actually to move on to a next level and recognize that with privilege comes responsibility, and particularly used often responsibility to open doors for others and to keep others to keep the doors open for others 
there's a cry for human-centered leadership, um, human-centered people who show their kindness to everybody, irrespective of status. So this word privilege comes in and out of a lot of the conversations that we've had. The other expression that comes in and out regularly is, is mental health. The awareness amongst these young leaders that mental health problems will only increase given the complexity and lack of security in the world, and that their role as leaders is to, is to give a sense of purpose and security to the people that they lead, even when <laughs> they have to give people confidence that they as the leader know where they're going, even though they know that they don't know where they're going. I think that's very interesting. And I think maybe the the concepts around spirituality and purpose weave into the mental health, that somehow spirituality has to help young people to to understand their own shadows and understand their own light. I think mental health is a big issue, how to manage it, how to lead it. There's a word that weaves in and out, which is permission. It sort of bursts through in some of the interviews with a lot of young women saying that they are the generation that that no longer want look for validation to be leaders. They're 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 not as frightened of failure. They are going to um, jump into leadership without seeking permission from anybody. And and I think they recognise that 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 is not always going to be easy because there will be both men and women in the way. I think interviewing these nine women has, <laughs> without doubt, made me think that the devil still wears Prada and that my generation of leaders are still not opening doors for young women leaders in the way that they could and they should and they must. And I think that there's a wish amongst this generation not to repeat the mistakes of older generations and to keep the doors open. The word empathy is everywhere in all of these interviews. This is a generation that wants to show empathy and observes that previous generations have definitely not shown enough empathy. But there's still a very strong message from them of how do you, if, if you self-define as the generation with empathy, how do you then as a leader also hold people to account and make sure that they achieve whatever the task is. And this balancing act of, of, of how do you show empathy but also achieve the task seems to me to be something that's a real struggle for a lot of the women that I've been speaking to. I mean, I know that, that one of our, my interviewees, uh, her strongest message is do not be too soft. You know, if, if empathy makes you soft don't show empathy. Now, I'm not sure that empathy does show softness, but clearly 
for some people, there is a sense of if you are too empathetic and too what they would call soft as leaders, you will, as previous generations have been, that you will be left out in the waiting room and your voice won't matter. You have to get in there and get a reputation, <laughs> to use one young woman's expression, get, get a reputation for your punches. So this sense of if the approach to leadership that resonates with women is too, I'm not going to use word, either the word empathy or soft because it's wrong, but I think you know what I mean. Anyhow, the last word is pace. And I think that's interesting. I ask myself, you know, do all young people have more pace? And probably the answer is true. But I think that there is more pace in this generation because they they feel and recognize that they are the generation who face a fixed deadline, and that distinguishes them from all previous generations. They face a fixed de deadline because of climate change. They know the urgency and the need for change. They know that that compelling that the compelling nature of that urgency actually means that that's why they can't cut off previous generations of women leaders. They have you, we can't wait for their generation to come through as leaders. The generations have to collaborate if they're going to to solve some of the problems that are that are rapidly coming in in this generation's direction. So I think that there is a special energy amongst this generation. Uh, it's expressed also as an energy an energy that that they feel that is a, the responsibility of the leader to produce. The leader needs to create energy, needs to produce the magic of energy. And one of our young interviewees admitted that, you know, however complex the world is, and it is, and however frightening the world is, and how much a leader might wish for security, the truth is it's not round the corner. And somehow as leaders, they have to, yes, be vulnerable, but equally hide some of their fears and give people around them great confidence and and then there's a there's this sense amongst the generation of everyday matters and that going back to the issue of permission don't wait for permission to lead get on in there at a very young age because then you learn fast you learn from your falls your mistakes you forgive yourself much more easily and you get up and keep going that if you're going to be a really successful leader in the future, get in there now and get on with it. That all sort of, all of the nine interviews, and actually I've interviewed many other young women beyond the nine, just chose those nine in these two episodes. I think it has, one of the expressions that rang hard and true and went right to my head was Noor last week saying, leadership is really, really difficult. She said it. Leadership is really, 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 really hard. And I think she's right. And, and I think I, I talked to Noor for quite a long time. She talked to me about how little school um, prepares you for leadership. In fact, 
I mean, she would argue that it does the opposite. It, 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 it instills all kinds of instincts in you that you have to rapidly knock out of the way if you find yourself, as she did, age 16, leading a summer school on mental health in Pakistan. She, nothing had prepared her for that. And, and it has, these two episodes have totally committed me to, uh, we have to produce an approach to leadership that resonates with women in February in Bellagio. We have to turn it into a book that, that is available f- for masses and masses of people. But I think we also have to turn it into an online program that we that's that's open source, that's, that's free to all women and men if they want to do it. Young women, and I think we should target age sixteen. It's it's a sort of um, oh this is a dream, a sort of coming of age program that you want to go on when you're sixteen remotely, online, but just because it's online doesn't mean it's not hugely interactive and allows you to meet women all over the world. But I think it also needs to be a program that's not presented by people like me. I think it has to be presented by people who are in their late 20s, who know this language and, and can resonate. Not always, because by the time you're 25, you're pretty old. But you're more likely to resonate with 16-year-olds. And help 16-year-olds, yes, of course, mine the knowledge of women leaders who've gone before them. But most importantly, help young women age 16, help them mine their own thinking their own knowledge, their own experience, and translate that into their own leadership learning and their own way of leading. Just before we finish this episode, I'm just going to go back to Dimple for a minute because I think she expressed this better than I, this sense that young women can find leadership inside themselves and not necessarily take anything off the shelf, including, um, well, they won't be on the shelf. Whatever our approach to leadership that resonates with women is, it won't be on the shelf. It won't be all the answers. It may just help with the questions. But I think a lot of the young women who are 16 who are going to be on this program that if I close my eyes, I can feel it and dream it and see it and smell it, a program that'll help them find the leadership within themselves because it'll help ask the questions, if nothing else. Over to Dimple. We need a generation of vulnerable women leaders who are comfortable with with owning up to the truth within and swimming. So if, if the current is flowing in direction A, they are okay going against the current because that honors the truth within. So by the current here, I mean the conditioning, the social conditioning that we receive, the schemas of a leader that we form from from our exposure to media, our exposure to 
stories or exposure are like are like lived experiences so to sit to pause to reflect to evaluate those schemas and not just integrate them mindlessly so what, my invitation to us as women to le- women leaders is to pause because there is so much of information these days so much so to not mindlessly consume any ideology of a leader any idea any image any desirable characteristics of who a good leader is but pause go within and understand what are my tendencies how can i best serve the world what would my truest and purest contribution be and then see all that i have learned how is that how does that fit in my context if it does wow let's integrate it its journeys of leaders have made a difference why not learn from them if it doesn't fit how do i lead in alignment with my context and not just take some theories and concepts or images or role models and integrate them so i i am here inviting all of us for mindful leadership for conscious leadership for vulnerable leadership for leadership by being Thank you, Dimple. You've got it. You got it. Absolutely. And um, we will produce an approach to leadership that resonates with women, including sixteen-year-old young women. And I am ever more excited about doing that. Thank you for joining this episode. Thank you for listening to both of these two episodes. Look forward to next week. Lots of love. To become part of our movement and share your thinking with us, subscribe to the podcast and join the Women Emerging group on our website at womenemerging.org. We love all of the messages you send us. Keep them coming.